If you or a loved one need mental health assistance or are experiencing a mental health crisis, call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of FYI, All Things Mental Wellness. Today's guest is a guy who has quite a diverse background. He spent a considerable amount of youth growing up in Borneo and was educated in different parts of Southeast Asia. He has played at the highest level of Aussie rules football, travelled the world backpacking for nearly three years and is a qualified school teacher. After several years of teaching, in 2016, he joined the Resilience Project. He is passionate about children being raised in a supportive and encouraging environment that evokes self-confidence and a zest for life. He is energetic, positive and an amazing communicator with a personality that's hard not to love. Martin Heppel, welcome to FYI. Cheers. Thanks so much. I don't know who wrote that last bit, mate. We'll see how we go with that. I did. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Well, Thank you for coming on board. You better change at the end of this podcast. Well. <laughs> You'll be writing the biggest flog we've ever interviewed in our no. lives. We, we do the recap there. sessions later on, so, yeah, watch out for that. Tune in. Uh, Martin, um, personally, I stumbled across the Resilience Project only about 12 months or so ago, unfortunately. I wish I had stumbled across it many years ago. And I'm a massive fan um, of of yours and Hughes, and I tell anybody that will listen to me, they need to buy the book, read the book. It's life changing. And and just on this little podcast that we've got going, we we've had a huge fan of yours on board who's actually come on and told us how much their life has changed. So, having said that, can you tell everyone that that may not have heard of the Resilience Project what you guys are about? Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Uh, look, we teach positive mental wellbeing strategies and, and we're in the preventative space and we stress that. And we, we work with primary schools, with secondary schools, and it all started with primary schools with students. But then we we sort of saw that it was sort of one step forward, two steps back, so to speak. And all kids, they benefit from consistency of practice within all the environments that they're in. So it was really important you know, to speak with the staff and the parents. So we do sessions with uh, students from P to 12, uh, staff, the parents. We then were really fortunate. We're based in Melbourne. We got in with Elite Sports. We got in with The Storm, all the NRL clubs. I've been working with the Hawthorne Footy Club for the past couple of years. Hugh's been working with Port Adelaide. We presented the majority of the AFL clubs, um, Australian Test Cricket Team. We do corporate. But what we're passionate about is speaking to, to, to anyone, to anyone. But where, where we really believe or we put a lot of our focus on is the kids. Because if we can get them sorted from the get-go and having them aware of what to do, when to do. So basically, to be resilient, you've got to be able to cope with adversity. And some adversity is really hard to cope with. And don't get me wrong. If you, if anyone who's listening has gone through adversity and they haven't coped with it, they're not weak. They're not inferior. They're amazing. They're awesome. It's just at that particular moment, they might benefit from some external support. So we, we talk and we teach, you know, the strategies linked to gratitude. So focusing on what you do have, not what you don't. So many of us live in a world of the if and then model of happiness. So if I get this, then when I do, then I'll be happy. So for you guys up your way, you know, it's 
mountain biking, it's it's trail bikes, it's the snow, it's skiing. You know, if I get that boat, then I'll be happy. I'm on 100 grand a year. If I get 120 grand a year, then I'll be happy. There's no issue with having goals. The issue is if you align all your happiness to the achievement of those goals. Gratitude is peeling it back. Like we've seen the other side, you know. It's about tap works. Like you guys are up there, man. Like it's beautiful where you live. You got yeah. the yak tracks, yak and do or whatever it's called, right? Yak and danda. Yak and danda. Yeah, yak and danda. Yeah. I love Tal-and-gata. that. Shit, man. It's out of control. <laughs> Best mountain biking ever. It is. You know, you got bright beach worth. You got what? You know, so there's so many things in your world that are stunning, that are beautiful. How far is it to get to the snow? It's those small things. And then we talk about empathy, kindness. Uh, the neuroscience, like the kindness, is massive. Your brain releases oxytocin. Um, whenever you do anything, so for our kids and for us as adults, if you do something for another human being, the benefits of oxytocin, self-esteem, confidence, you're positive, you're happy. Yeah, that's what you experience. You also, you won't display kindness if you can't be empathetic, if you can't see it through another person's lens. So we talk to the kids about how would that other student, or when we talk to adults, how would someone else feel? But you can't identify how another human being would feel if your bloody head's down at the ground. Mm. So we talk about getting off your phones, yep. yeah? yeah? You're walking down the street or you're wherever you may be at the bus stop and you got your head down in the ground, you can't see that there's a lady across the road who might need assistance. No issues being on tech. The issue is if you want to connect with other human beings, you've got to be off the tech more often than not. So then we talk about also mindfulness, which is about being in the moment, it's about being focused, calm, but it's also about knowing what to do with disruptive thoughts, anxiety. And so that, that's what we teach the kids and that's what we teach adults. And then we talk to them about, the, the, you know, another really important point is, is trust in the outcome, is that, you know, 65% of adolescents don't talk because they possibly fear judgment, consequences, they don't want to be exposed. Well, we all feel so judgment, don't we? Yeah, bloody oath, mate. It's not just teenagers, it's adults, it's everyone. Yeah, I mean, and and quite often, like, you know, when I've been up in Albury, Wodonga, you know, your neck of the woods, same in Melbourne, same in Gundawindi, you know, Claremont up north, doesn't matter, is that we're worried about what other people in the community will think if we seek help. And unbelievably, when you've got the time to pull yourself away from the day-to-day and the hustle and bustle, and I've got to get this and I've got to get that and I've got to achieve this and I've got to achieve that, if you can pull yourself away from that, you get an opportunity to look back and go... Actually, you know what? I don't really need that. I'm pretty cool with where I am right now, and people respect me and my opinion because of the fact that I'm calm and happy and moving forward with a persona that they probably even envy at the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, and I suppose we talk to the kids about also, it's about, you know, you're enough. All the people that you know, they love you for who you are. So if someone's going to judge you, mate, stuff them. Yep, they don't love you. Like, like you find, like... And so it's about, for the kids, it's their self-worth, isn't it? It's their identity, and that's the same with adults. But how does like that work, to, mate? Like you go, self, you, their identity is there. Yeah. So how does that work? You, you, you've got the acronym there. It's G-E-M that you're talking yeah, about, which is, a, which is a gem. How do you polish the gem? How do you actively work on that so, constantly? Yeah. So what you, what, what you can do, firstly, for gratitude, for, for example, it's about we've got to rewire our brain. So we quite often scan the world for the negative. Think about think about all the intel that we put into our brains quite often. One, it's either the news or two, it's advertisements. So both are quite often giving you some negative vibes. Advertisements is you need this. You'll be better if you have this, which is all oh, I get it. We get that, yeah? And then the news is, mate, it's, it's hitting the fan every day of the week, especially this year. 
So one, it's about writing down three things. So what we, you can do, evidence-based. So Martin Seligman is a positive psych guru in the States, Barbara Freaks, and you, you would have heard of Brene Brown. She's got elements of if you write down three things every day, you start to rewire your brain. Now, the crucial thing about doing that is after 21 days, you do start scanning the world for the positive. After 42, that's when you get the, the real benefits because one of them is optimism. Now, optimism is huge because optimism gives you hope. If you have hope, you don't give up. Brene Brown defines the opposite of hopelessness, yeah, is when you are when you are so unhappy, yeah, because you've got no hope. So this year, for many of us, we've experienced a lack of optimism because, you know, for people based in Melbourne or Victoria, we're going, when's this shutdown going to end? Man, I've been locked down for so long and the numbers are still going up, whatever it may be. So if you can do that, then you're on. So the people that we work with, to give you examples, and I can tell you people that you wouldn't even know, but like Dustin Martin, for instance, you know, Richmond, Norm Smith, Brownlow Millis, he's up to 1,400 consecutive days of doing it. Tommy Mitchell, Hawthorne, Brownlow Millis, I'm only dropping their names because they've got profiles and people will be aware of who they are. He's up to about 250, and they're up to that many days because after 42 they realise that they were more determined. And this is the whole thing about it. If you're pessimistic, then you're experiencing more negative emotions and positive. It's good to be able to drop names like that too because it, that brings it back to people. You know, they're heroes of people. So they go, well, hang on, if they're doing it, you know, and as an avid long-term from birth Richmond supporter, Dustin's a hero, right? <laughs> oh, so, God. But when you look at someone like Dustin who's <laughs> strong on the field and has a persona and he's got these things and, and all, all of those guys you were talking about, for everybody to sit there and go, if they're doing it and it works for them, then I could give that a crack pretty mm. easily. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to all the interviews of the players and the staff from Richmond and the Melbourne Storm when they won yep. the premierships this year, every single bloke when interviewed dropped the dropped grateful. Absolutely, so grateful. and it was that we we were talking about that after the game, and I was talking to a few mates of mine sitting around, and we we're going, I know where that's come from. I reckon that is that, and I was trying to put that those two together, the, the project and what they were practicing at the oh, clubs. Oh. Yeah, I'm not saying it's us. But no, no, what, no. What, but it's the, what it's the procedure. Is that, but what what many people are seeing in the world now is that just practicing gratitude improves your mental health because it gives you positive emotions. So what we're saying is this: you can't like we're not saying every day is good, and this is where people get mixed up. We're not saying oh dust it off. Like there are things that we go through that happen to us. Like quite often trauma is the external event that no one saw coming. Like I didn't see COVID coming. And, I'm, and if any of you did, then I'm going to have a crack at you because you could, should have called <laughs> should the World Health Organization <laughs> and said, hey, boys, let's get ready to roll, man. Yeah? So we like we didn't see it coming. So so what it is is that you can have a crap day, but within that crap day, was there something minute maybe that was good? Because what happens to many of us is if I've had a crap day yesterday and today's a crap day, then I start thinking tomorrow will be a crap day. Mm -hmm. No, it hasn't occurred yet. All right, so it's about knowing that, yep, I've had a bad moment, I've had a bad couple of weeks, but within those bad moments, couple of weeks, there have been some good things as well. I've got to remember that because that's what allows me to have hope and then to persist. And by writing that yeah. down, you get the opportunity to go back and review it because if you don't write it down, yep. you're then trying to think of what it was, and that's too hard, so you think, ah, oh, yep. I'll move on. Yeah, exactly. And also for many people what they do is that they record a, a period of time where they were struggling so an event that happened, but then they go back and they read their journals 
and then they remind themselves of the things that they found in that dark hole that got them through. So now the when and this is the whole thing about resilience. So when we teach it to kids, they've got to have a positive outcome. Hear me out. The positive outcome, the adversity is not positive. Positive outcome is that they were able to put in strategies that got them through the churn. They then can reflect and go, you know what? It sucked. I hated that period, but you know what? I got through. What got me through? Then they identify those strategies. So the next time they fall in a hole and it's going to happen, like whether we like it or not, it's going to happen, they know that they can remember, recall, I've been here before, I didn't enjoy it, but I did get through. What did I do? Then they've got that self-belief that, yes, it's going to be a bit of a churn. Yes, it might be a bit hard, but you know what? There might be just some discomfort there, but I know if I stick to these processes, I'm going to come out the other side. That's what a kid needs. Mm. What's really hard for kids and for any adult as well is if you've never done it before, why would you believe in the process? So you've got to get through it first, don't you? Yeah? Oh, absolutely. So that's really crucial. So it's about giving the kids an awareness and adults an awareness that you can get through it, but you've also got to have support. And that's why it's so important for all of us that we talk because when we talk to our parents or we talk to our sisters and brothers or whoever it may be, our own kids if we are parents, then they're aware of what we're going through and then we can get through it together. Yeah, for sure. I guess uh, something that someone brought up to me is, okay, great what you're doing in the schools and we're getting the kids young and what what, what about the generation that, that haven't had the luxury of that. So someone sitting listening to this podcast who's 16, 17 or older, how do I do it? You know, Dusty Martin didn't start at five. So is it ever too late to, you know, grab this philosophy and go with it today and change, change our ways? I've got two friends in Melbourne. I've got a couple more, but you're probably looking at me going, you've got no friends. I've got a couple. (laughs) So your haircut. Two mates. (laughs) And they, and both of them in Melbourne, did not lose their job. They did not take a pay cut this year. And one of them was flourishing and the other one wasn't. The reason why this one was flourishing and the other one wasn't, even though nothing, you know, circumstances, finances, all tip-top, was because this one who was flourishing, he adapted and the other one didn't. Yeah, right. And so it's about, so what it is, is about being open to adapt and what we're really poor at as adults is change. Yeah, right, yeah. Like I, I come home and my kids have, you know, they've hidden the remote controls, the TV. Oh, it's on for young and old. <laughs> I'm telling you, mate, you keep them on, the, on this table here and every time I come over they're there, then we're tip top. But if you start playing hide and seek, man, I'm going to lose my lid, yeah? <laughs> so we're all terrible at that. So mm. what it is, it's about as an adult is one, is saying, you know what, let's be curious, let's be open to something and let's give it a go. But then, two, what many of us stuff up and do is we're after the quick fix. Sure. Yeah? I'll give you an example. Doltino, one of my best mates, loves the tins over summer. Yeah? So he's on the Melbourne Bitters all summer, has his barbecue shapes and whatever else, and he always puts on. I've got no problem with that. I love putting on weight myself because you know you've had a good time getting there, sure. yeah? yeah? But he puts on and then he comes back to work in January and he can't get into his suit <laughs> because he's wearing a suit. So what does he do? He joins F45. He shells out three grand. I've got nothing against F45. Yeah. Shells out the three grand and then he goes and works his ass off doing F45, but he's not dropping any KGs. 
Do you know why he's not dropping any kgs? Because on the way home after every single session, I kid you not, he goes to McDonald's and gets a McFlurry on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've got to put in. So, like, so for an adult, like, what I'd say to you is that it, like, for both of you. And if I asked you, what's your skill set? You are both amazing, elite at what you do. And for everyone listening to this, you're all amazing at what you do. How long did it take for you to acquire it? Obviously a while. Mate, it takes it's, bloody practice. It takes a long time. So yeah. it's the same with this. Yeah. Mm. So it's just about putting in the yards. Daily little bits. Daily, daily, daily little bits. Bloody oath. And what we're saying, if you write down three things every day, if you talk to your kids at the dinner table, what went well today, we're taking five minutes from your day. Mm. You know, if you practice mindfulness, whether it be colouring in, whether it be puzzles, if you're into meditation, yoga, you know, swimming, you know, for you guys up where you are, going for a walk in the bush, like how much better do you feel when you reconnect with nature? Yeah. Fishing, mm. like fishing, slowing down, like you do that. Mate. Yeah, it's an interesting thing too, mate. We we tried that at home. I've got two adult sons and we're sitting around the table one night when they come around for dinner and I did that, exactly the same thing. Hey, fellas. Tell me some things that were good in your day. And they both looked at me and went, what's wrong with you, Dad? <laughs> I said, no, no, just tell me, can you? You know, just, I'm interested to know. And, you know, one could share and the other one had to think a little bit deeper about it. And, and all of us sat around the table looking at each other going, well, that's a little bit strange. But afterwards, the conversation was the coolest thing. It was just yeah. chilled and away we mm. went. Yeah. yeah, so it works I'm on all sorts of levels. Probably lucky there. I've got a child who's who's now twenty, but I used to always do that. I'd put him into bed and I'd lay there with him, and I go, "What was the best thing that happened today, Mitch?" And it's funny because, of course, back then it would have been, "Oh, I built that cool Lego, and you know, did it all by myself." But we still today do it. He doesn't live at home anymore, but you know, he'll come around and we'll sit around the table, and I'll go, "Oh, what happened today? What what?" What what went well? So, even though I'd, I'd never read the Resilience Project back then, obviously because it wasn't out, but um, it's something we just used to always do. It was a nice way to end yeah. the day. I mean, we're all product of our, our environments, aren't we? Yeah. So, and and but but you can change your environments if you want to. And I think yeah. as adults, as leaders in our in our yeah. house group, in our community, in our workplace, or whatever that might be, if we take that catalytic step, if we're the one person who makes that change and is the leader by doing those little extra things, it's surprising how a little bit of a groundswell can happen, and you yeah. can, you can make a change by being a leader that way. Yeah, big time. And and for all parents listening to this, if you want mm. your kids and you buddy do it with them, yeah, like oh, you, yeah, know, you, you can't got, tell them to do it. No, because they're not going to believe in it, but you'll get benefits as well. But it's just about investing the time. And empathy, kindness, that's straightforward. That's, you know, do random acts of kindness for people. Help out. Think of your mates. Like mm. right now, like during COVID lockdown, I was ringing up my, all my mates every single bloody day. Yeah. Mm. And there was a couple of them who were doing it tougher than others, and I'd be checking in with them. I, you know, had another mate in South Australia and his wife's going through some heavy-duty stuff. So we ring them up. And it's about making the effort and seeing other people. And But that then builds your connection as well because they then want to check in with me as well. So mm. then you don't feel like you're alone. Mm. So for many of us nowadays, especially adults and teenagers, you know, we believe that social media is a form of, you know, com communication. I'm not giving social media grief, but you can never – we are hardwired for face-to-face -face interaction. We are hardwired. Like, I'm loving this podcast right now because others that I've done, mate, I can only hear your voices. 
So right now I can see you two, yep. yeah? Yep. And even though you can see me and you're both saying under your breath, this bloke's got an ugly head, I'm not too sure how long we can roll with it. <laughs> we're still sitting here, but we're getting through it. But I can read your body language, man, and you that- can read mine. Absolutely, Martin. We we've done one. We, we've been fortunate. They've all been in yeah. person, or or like we're doing at the moment. We did one, one where it was purely audio, and yeah. I walked out of here so dejected. I couldn't connect. I I just couldn't. It's I hard. Yeah, yeah, Ab- it's difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we, do, we do webinars now, and it's amazing. Like the the the. The amount of people, and I, and they probably don't, we don't understand yet because it is all new, but not turn their cameras on. Mm. Yeah. And I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, if, if you don't want people to see what's going down, cool. But if you don't have your camera on, we can't see each other's face. Mm. Now, if I can't see your face, you can't see mine, then we are not connecting. But also, it gives me an in. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. right now. Like I can see both of you. I can, you know, I can I can talk to you about stuff and just by trying to read things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like I'm, I, I could ask you about your tattoos and what they mean to you, or whatever it may be. But see, that's an in, isn't it? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, and like, and so I, right now we don't know each other. We haven't met each other before. But you know, I can talk to you about, you know, is that a Fitbit watch you got on there? No, I don't know if it is or it isn't. But if you said yes, it is, I said, oh yeah, why'd you buy that? Oh, have you got into that sport or whatever it may be? It gives you an in. Well, not not just an in. It gives you it gives you a connection to show that that person that you are actually interested. You've noticed. Yeah. You've yeah. taken two seconds to notice. Hold on. So so for for us more than ever now, we need that connection. And we need the face-to-face human interaction. So uh, for many people, like as I said, social media, however you want to communicate, keep doing it. But make sure you also make the effort to drive. And I know in your hood it might be 50K, yeah? But, hey, you're only going to go through probably one traffic light, so get your chins up, right? Mm -hmm. But when, you know, go around and knock on your mate's door. And have a chin wag with them for 20 minutes. You know, I go around to my mates' houses and just bang on the door. They come, I hug them, I say, right, I'm going. And they look at me and go, what are you doing? You go, you know what I'm doing, man. I just gave you a hug. I've got to yeah. go, man. I've got to go see home, see my family. But I just came around here to hug you, man, because I love you. There you go. And I get in the car and I drive <laughs> off. But, right, like we're doing that. I haven't done that to you and we're smiling. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so, like, absolutely. So I, I have an influence over my actions and I also have an influence over the emotions that I can give other people. Yeah. Yep. So, God damn it, man, let's go and give some positive emotions to our people that we love. And what you're also doing is giving everybody an opportunity to step away from whatever the hell it is that's in their head in that five minutes. Because, you know, we're yeah. all that flat out busy. And a classic example of exactly that is um, yesterday, a good mate of mine rang me up and he said, and we hadn't seen each other for a long time. He lives just up the street from me, four houses away. We wave mm. as we drive past each other in a car, but we haven't talked to each other face to face for I don't know how long, six months probably. Anyway, yeah. he rings me up and he said, hey, Burn, can we get a coffee this week? Said, yeah, sure, champion. Absolutely. Anytime you want. You know, happy to talk to you. Whatever you want. Two ears, I can listen, anything. Rightio, I'll come around, I'll meet you at work, and we'll go get a coffee. And we did. For, and for half an hour, we sat there and we talked about nothing. Family, yeah. kids, yeah. walking in the bush. He's a massive bushwalker. Talking about this and talking about that. And I walked up um, to the summit of Mount Cozzy a few weeks ago, and he was you know, asking me about how that went. And Unreal. But afterwards, my day was awesome because somebody yeah. else had said to me, hey, can I have 10 minutes of your time? I just want to have a chat. Yeah. Did you go, when you went to Cozzy, did you go to Jindabyne? Yes, absolutely. 
I love, we go to Jindabyne all the time, and I love that joint. Just thought I'd drop that in there. No, no, that's good. <laughs> well, we stayed up at Threadbow. So the, yeah, the, the Stephen Walters Foundation, the, they raise funds Magic. for kids' cancer. So they yeah, do a motorcycle ride up there every year, but it was cancelled this year. So a few of us still went. Um, yeah, so we rock in a Jindabyne. You go in and have some lunch in there and might go for a ride up to Charlotte's Pass. And that area is phenomenal uh, from, yeah. a, from a touristy point of view. And yeah, everyone's got a smile on their face. Everyone's happy yeah. to be up there. So it's a good place to go. Mm. Yeah. I love it up there. Yeah. Hey, no, so quick question for you, mate. Up. You're massively passionate about all of this and, you know, your enthusiasm's obvious. And But how? Where, how did it come about for you? Where, I mean, you didn't wake up one day and go, I need to do this. No, I think I, I get asked that a lot. I reckon it's it's got a lot to do. So my dad's an anthropologist and he was he, my mum and dad studied a headhunting tribe. And when I say headhunters, I'm not mucking around. And they were the Dayaks. They're called the Eba and they're in Borneo. So, and they studied them for three years. And then my brother and I were born and we grew up with this headhunting tribe. And, mate, it was awesome. And what happened was my dad's English, mum's American, and they were always went to boarding schools growing up because their folks were moving around the world so for work and whatnot. So they were brought up old school, yep. you know, old school English, American boarding schools, the whip, the cane, you know, all that rash. Sure. And that's the only way they, they believed, and this is all in hindsight from their point of view, but that was how they thought parenting was. You know what I mean? So they thought, we'll have kids, we'll keep doing this, and then, you know, we'll send, you know, obviously have them, but then they'll go to boarding school as well or whatever. And so then my brother and I were born, but we lived with this tribe, and when mum and dad were living in this tribe, they were just every kid was brought up to be who they wanted to be. They were given the opportunity, they were heard, so they were listened. You know, that, now were there boundaries? Bloody oath there were. But they were heard. Yep. They were given an opportunity to voice their opinion that, that had a zest for life. And and I, living with this tribe, I, like it's bizarre, but they were so grateful. They were so they had to display empathy and kindness because it was the only way the tribe would prosper. Because if they had divisions within it, they'd struggle. Mindfulness. I didn't. I didn't know anything about any of this. But every day when you're hunting for wild boar, blowpipes, and fishing in the rivers, you were in the moment, man. Like he had to be in the. It just sounds so surreal. It was awesome. So that was so that was how we were brought up, and then I, you know, played some footy. Was didn't you know failed at it? Didn't work out. wasn't good enough. Went around the world. Tra- studied primary school teacher, and then was an assistant principal. And the whole time I was there, student well-being was all that I was worried about. You know, because my point of view is that if the kids are good off field, then they will hum on field. And same with adults. Like, I don't care who you are. If things aren't going well at home, then work will be impacted. You might still be out of function, but you will not be bringing your A game. That is true. It's the same with kids. So from my point of view, it was about getting the kids right off field, then taking care of on field later. Because if they weren't comfortable to put their hand up when they were confused, then I would not know that they were confused. So how did that go with other teachers that you were working with? Yeah, it was interesting. Because you butt heads there, surely. Yeah, I had a lot of teachers there who initially at my at, at, when I, my first when I, the school I was at, they didn't like the way I operated because um, it You're was weird. challenging because it was different. It yeah. was new. It was and so and what and I'm not I understand where they're coming from. Like teachers quite often it's not it's they teachers get defensive when they don't know what what something is. So if you ask some teachers to do something new, they'll put a blocker up if they don't think they know it because they don't want to be exposed. And I get that. 
But what we need teachers to understand is that if they think they're an expert in everything, then they are lying to a kid. And what our kids need to know nowadays is they need to have role models who can show them that they are flawed Mm -hmm. and that there is a way to address the flaw. How do I do this? Like when I was with the kids, I'd have my dictionary next to me. I said, I can't spell, man. I deliberately misspell words that I knew how to spell. And I don't yeah. know how to spell many words. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I was like, well, what do I, I've got a dictionary here. Let's use it. Yeah. So you model to them problem solving. But you also model to them that it's okay to put your hand up. I don't know. So when you're in a classroom and you don't have people doing that, or if you're at home and your parents don't do that to you, well, you don't want to let people down, do you? So if you don't want to let down your teachers, if you don't let down your parents, what do you do? You shut up because you mm-hmm. don't want to be exposed. And that's when we get kids stuffing around in class. Behaviour management, they're stuffing around because they're either bored, right, it's not hitting their zone of proximal development, wherever they may be at, right, it's not challenging enough, or they don't want to be exposed. I'd rather be the class clown than to be called stupid. Yep, totally. By the other kid in the class. So I'm going to stuff around because stuffing around is way better than being labelled stupid. But if you teach them then that it's okay not to know, and because you're not born knowing, and that's a classic thing that I like, that's my term, you're not born knowing everything. So if you can teach them that, obviously then they're a little bit more relaxed and they don't become that class clown because it's okay. Yeah, I think yeah. the teaching point that I love, Martin, is is um, is leading by example, doing those things yeah. that you are doing without saying, it's okay to put your hand up, don't feel silly. Well, you're doing it. You know, well, yeah. I don't know how to spell that. Let's have a look. A dictionary here. Let's use our resources. It's that copying behaviour. Is that taught mm. at teaching college these days? Because I'm seeing a <laughs> shift from, okay, I'm in my 50s, so the teachers that I had would have very old school and Nadia's not as old as me, but same, same. The teachers would have been that same vein. Yet I see colleagues of my wife who works at a school and they have that attitude like yours. They've got that more chilled persona and it's a lot more relaxed around the students. So it's not a us and them kind of attitude. It's a work together kind of thing. Is that, is that more integrated? Do you reckon that's being taught more these I, days, I mate? Think, or? I think what's happening now is that the industry is more and more aware of how important student wellbeing is yep. and also about and, – and when, when people say statistics, they're not stats, they're kids. Yep. So let's get that right. Right. So, you know, I could roll out stats to you and we do like, you know, 65% of kids, you know, you know, won't talk. If you talk, you know, from our research, you know, from 300,000 kids around Australia, 24% of primary school kids lose sleep through worry. Mm-hmm. That's not 24%. That's two out of it or two and a half out of every two. That's a, it's a ticker. Yeah. It's a heartbeat. Right. So we've got to remember that. Mm. You know, I can roll out stats if I was selling bloody thongs to you. You know what I mean? And that's all cool with me. But these are kids, and same with adults. They're all humans. So teachers are more aware of that, without doubt. There is more, I suppose, focus on that, which is fantastic. And the teachers are, are, you know, they're educated and they're so knowledgeable. And teachers are phenomenal. Like, you know, I spoke before about blockers, but, mate, on a whole, like, you you want a Barney? Have a go to teacher in front of me at a barbecue, and we're on. Yeah. (laughs) All right, because teachers are like from where I come from, they're fantastic. It is my favourite pastime. Yeah, like, <laughs> and they they give they give their all and and they do their best. Now, do we as teachers make mistakes? Hundred percent, because we're human beings, man. Everyone does, but that's the point. That's the point. It's, it's we're the, human beings, so yeah. let's model that. Yeah. And mm. then when I as a teacher don't know something, 
where can I go to get the support that I need to fill the gap so then I can help the kids yeah. or help myself or anyone else? So it's getting a lot better and it's it's moved and it's changed. Yeah, because that's a big thing. When we were in school, we, were, um, we weren't taught resilience. We were just taught how to add, how to spell, how to do this, yeah. how to do that. There was we, we weren't prepared for the world. We were prepared to go to uni, for instance, or we were yeah, prepared and, to and learn I, more, but not how to cope with adversity necessarily. And so. I think too, Bernie, you hit the nail on the head too. You know, through my education years, it was them, them and us. Whereas I seen it with my child going through school, a, lo- a lot of that has changed. It's not them and us; it's very integrated. It's a lot of first name basis now yeah. too. And that, for me, I looked at that in the first instance and went, "You can't have that. There's got to be a. Mm. You can't have kids <laughs> calling teachers by their first name. Mm. That just breaks down the whole, not the hierarchy, but the um, what do you call it when the respect, respect. sort of thing. I, I think the I think the great thing at the moment, Bernie, is that we're seeing more and more now is that leaders, whether you're a teacher or you're, you know, the foreman on a job site, wherever it may be, if you want productivity, it's all about relationships. So if you look at sport, like you talk about, you know, they look about AFL coaches now, it's all about relationships. Yep. Mm. So, and when relationships get burnt, then people don't listen to the message, do they? Yeah. So, so if, you know, if so basically it's about forming those relationships and that's really important. It's about Teachers being aware that if the kids don't know them, and if I'm a boss on a work site, if that people don't know me, they might respect me, and I get that. And I and you get the old school going, mate. You respect them no matter what, and yeah, I, I agree with that. But you also respect people a little bit more, or you respond to the message more if they, if you know they've got your back. Well, if you, you if know what I mean? command if respect or earn respect, respect. Yeah, that, yeah, there's the differences. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, but it's about. Yeah, relationships is really paramount. Yeah. Hey, mate, if I could give you a big billboard, if I could give you something here in Albury-Wodonga or um, or in uh, uh, New York City and it was a massive big billboard, what would you say on it? What would be your one thing that you'd love to put on that billboard? I, I, I've got a word that I use. And it's called, it's Bunta. So B-O-O-N-T-A. It was a bloke. G-Mac, Gary McIntosh, he played at Nord Footy Club. He's like the legend over there. And he was a skipper. And he always go, he talk real deep voice. He go, Bunta, we're going Bunta. And Bunta for me, it, it means it means just let's have a go. Yep. You know, let's live life. All right. And yeah, there's going to be some, you know, some stuff ups and whatnot. But let's get our chins up and let's go again. And let's persist. And we, if we persist and we support one another, we help one another, then we get through it. But the best thing about Bunta is that when you go through it together, you get to celebrate together. You know, so quite often nowadays we don't we don't celebrate. Generally, think about it, like you know, all year at work we we bust our asses and we have the Christmas party. Yeah, and then you go in there, you sink your 25 stubbies and you wake up the next day and go, oh, God, I can't believe I Why did, did that. I do that. I'm going to cop that for the whole of next year. The boys <laughs> have got it on their phones. Oh, you're kidding me. You know, whatever it may be. Like, we've got to celebrate. Now, I'm not saying, you, you know, every night go home and have 18 tins. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, if something happens, let's let's have some zest for life, man. Totally. Like, you know. And if we experience these positive emotions more often, then we know positive emotions will be experienced more often. But if we're experiencing negative emotions, this is where people sometimes get pissed off for me. Oh, mate, if if something happened, like my, you know, I've got mates who, who's, 
you know, their wives are going through breast cancer at the moment. Now, is life good at the moment for them? No. So I'm not telling them, hey, I'll forget about it. That's not about that. It's about, hey, we've still got to celebrate the things that matter. We've still got to celebrate the small wins. So each and every day when we wake up, even though I'm on chemo, even though I'm hating it, even though I'm experiencing all the side effects of it, when I get home, there might be something that will put a smile on my face. I need that smile, man. I need that smile right now. My best mate's wife, I love her. I love her with everything I've got. She's amazing yep. because she is finding the smile in her life at the moment. Isn't it incredible in, the, in, that, in the adversity of that situation that she yep. or anybody else has found that spark, has found that that. That, yeah. that thing that drives along that all yeah. of us can pull inspiration from. Yeah, and I and Nadia, I'm you know, and I see you right now. And again, like this is what we're talking about before with the camera. You know, like you're you're emotional right now, and I'm sorry, mate, for churning you. You know, oh, your, your emotions. Then. <laughs> but, I, but but you know what I mean. But like that's and that's really bloody tough, isn't it? Because within that whole scenario as well, there's so much crap. Mm. Like there's so much stuff that sucks. Yep. And that, and so what it is, is enabling us to have the hope, to have the hope. And hope gives other people hope. Hope spreads. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, do it. This is easy, mate. It's bloody tough. But you talk about your bunta and, and and your friend who. If they can celebrate the small things, and maybe that's ret- ret- retrospective, you know, the things that they've enjoyed together, and, and and this is potentially not the end for her, you know, it's it's a part of life's journey. So celebrate the little bits as you're going forwards is part of it. I think a lot of times we, we're a little scared or we're a little perhaps not encouraged to celebrate the wins. You know, oh, uh, settle, settle, don't don't get yeah, too excited I, about yeah. that. Really? Yeah. The Aussie culture is – Yeah. And, mate, I, I – no trumpets. Yeah, yeah. Don't be yeah, easy yeah, now. Easy now. I'm with that. Like, don't get ahead I of yourself. Yeah, I I, I'm totally. I agree with that. I love that Aussie. That part of us. Like, I love it. Like, I hate the sort of you know some American hoo ha. Find the trumpet, mate. They're going down in my world. You know, like, <laughs> come on, dude, pull your head in. But what I mean is this: is if, if something happens at work, right, for instance, and it went well. Then why not let's get around and say, hey, I'm so bloody proud of you. You were fantastic, mate, and we wouldn't have got that job done if you weren't hauling ass. Mate, proud of you. You're a dead set legend. I'll see you on Monday. Have a cracking weekend. And even if it's not in a team environment, even if that person's yeah. not a competitor but is, a, is working side by side, it's great to acknowledge the fact that they've gone and above for themselves even. You know, yeah. well done, champion. I, I, Good on you. I told my wife, like, yeah. Last night, I sat down with Jen. So we, we've moved down to the coast. We're down at Cape Shank. And we, so we moved into a, you know, a humble shack And up two weeks after we had Macy. So we, we've got a two-week-old, a five-year-old boy, and a three-year-old daughter who is me. Goddamn nightmare. She's a nutter, <laughs> like flat stick. She just does not stop. And, and then we moved house, right? So yeah. can you imagine? You know what I mean? You got a two-week-old, and she's she was totally cool. That we've moved in the house, and it's a small, humble shack. You know, there's plenty of stuff that needs to be done. I'm trying to fix it up, but I've got no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, but like I, I said to her last night, hey, and we just sat down. So I just can't thank you enough because you've been so patient, uh, and and you've just you've rocked on into this, and we've gone through this together, but. You've kept it all above board, and you've been so patient with me. I just want to let you know that I thank you. 
And she looked at me and, you know, it's just, it's just being able to say that short thing and being open with it and being able to, but what's really hard is that sometimes if you've never done that before or it's never been modelled to you before, like, like if you were brought up and your parents never gave, or your foster parents, whoever it was that brought you up, if they never gave you a hug, which is cool, but then you're not really, you know, into it either sure. because you're not used to it, yeah? But if you were brought up, you know, hugging the whole time, like me, I hug my mates, like flat out, mate, bear hugs, whatever, we go tropo. So I'm all over it. But I, but at the start, some of my mates, they weren't into it at all. And I was cool with that. But what happened was I persisted and now they're comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. So And that's the same with the language that we use to one another. If we, if, if you could just say to someone, hey, thank you, that might just be the start. Just one day, just say, oh, I can't thank you enough for what you've done. That could be to your own kids. Hey, bloody proud of you. You didn't want to do swimming this week. I know. I, yeah, but you, you went there. Hey, the goal wasn't to win the swimming event. The goal was to get in the water. You got in the water. I'm bloody proud of you. Yeah. Martin, um, we like to finish every episode with a bit of um, humour, although we've had a fair bit of humour <laughs> right? with you. Um, just six quick questions, if you don't mind asking, uh, okay, answering. Huh? Whiskey or rum? Perfect storm. Love a rum. Perfect storm. Yep. Um, rum with I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a tight ass, so I can't <laughs> afford a long iron iced tea, right? I'll go get rum. Half Coke, half squash. And you should see the look <laughs> I get from the barman when I ask for it. They throw me out straight away. <laughs> I love it. We'll go rum. Rum it is. Text or call? Call. Giving or receiving? Uh, giving. Facebook or Instagram? Neither. High school or adult life? I had some fun at high school. I had, but I had some fun out at life. But I, I, if my wife's not like, I love my family. So if I can, if I can guarantee that I meet Jen and and everything like that, I'm, you know, <laughs> high school every day of the week. Oh, man. Yeah, we love tore it. it up. Very good. Scrunch or fold? Uh, fold every single day of the week. Oh, my right. daughter Daphne. My da- Daphne. She's like, Daddy. No, 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 no. Folding's better. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. So you have to. Gee, I didn't take him as a folder, Ben. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compartmentalizing things. Yeah, it must some, be. Th- some things he's wild and out of control, and other stuff it's like, no, no, no. It's more calculated. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter says I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Martin, thank you so much. It's it's um, honestly not blowing your trumpet, but the Resilience Project was high, high on our get in for an episode list. And um, I'm so, so glad that we were able to connect and um, deliver our listeners some of your wisdom. No, hey, anytime. Hey, pleasure meeting both of you. I'm a better man for it. And for all your listeners up your neck of the woods, man, you guys are awesome. You're legends. You live in a great spot. You've got a great community. And um, if we're ever up there in the future and we get to see you face-to-face. Oh, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Uh, we're better for it. Oh, I think anybody who, uh, who's who got their headphones in or sitting in the car listening to this as they go along, if they haven't got a beaming smile on their face and they've got their little tingles in their skin like I've got right now, then they need to recheck themselves and get a hold of a journal and write some things down as yeah. they go. Well, you tell them that I'll buy them a, you know, rums, you know, coke and squash. <laughs> yeah, get some perfect storms. I'm one of the perfect storms. Oh, man's drink. 
But um, I'll, I'll, I'll have one with them any day of the week, mate. Any day. Ah, uh, you're a champion. Come to Cake Shank. Any builders out there? Yeah. Any sparkies? <laughs> any plumbers? Right, it's only a four-hour. Do you need a landscaper? <laughs> Might be able to hook you up you with a landscaper. And, and mate, you can go and do something, and you won't even do it, and, I'll, and you'll charge me four grand. And I'll have to save for a while, but I'll give it to you because I've got no idea, mate. (laughs) (laughs) You're a champion, man. Thanks for your time, mate. Keep doing what you're doing. You you too as well. This is what you're doing is awesome. We'll roll along. Thank you, heaps. Yeah, good on you for both doing it. Thanks, Martin. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.